Voice in the Wilderness, Internet Radio. Enlightening the world every week. It's not just knowing about the doctrine in the Bible. That is not what we stand for here. Streaming powerful biblically-based messages live down the This congregation may never be gathered together again as we see it. Voice in the Wilderness, Internet Radio. Enlightening the world every week. Good evening. Welcome to Voice in the Wilderness Internet Radio. We are streaming live on the internet from London. This show is dedicated to God through our Lord Jesus Christ. On tonight's show, we will discuss the subject, the Remnant Church. We will be studying what the Bible teaches about the Remnant Church over a series of four radio programs. Our guest speaker is based in Maryland, in the United States of America. More about our guest after we've had some music. city was Jerusalem, the time was long ago, the people called him Jesus, his crime was the love he showed. I caused all his pain He gave himself The day he wore my crown He brought me that only he could give And I brought him cause to cry And though he showed me how to live I taught him how to die The day he wore my crown He could have called ten thousand angels And said take me away 
And I'm not gonna stay I'm not gonna pay But he walked on through the gate And then on up the hill And as he fell beneath the weight He cried, Father, not my will Church. We will discuss this subject tonight with Elder Ray DiCarlo of Emmanuel Missionary Institute. EMI was established in 1992 by Elder Ray and his wife, Sister Judy DiCarlo. They have an educational ministry dedicated to the proclamation of the everlasting gospel of Revelation chapter 14, verses 6 to 12. For the past 30 years, EMI has been involved in teaching, evangelism, and literature distribution throughout the world. Let's now call Elder DiCarlo and see if it's available. Hello. Hello, good evening. Elder Ricardo, you are live on Voice in the Wilderness Internet Radio. How are you this evening, Elder Ricardo? I'm fine, thank you, John. I praise the Lord. Glad to hear so. Well, Elder Ricardo, mm. tonight we'll be discussing these questions together. What is a remnant church? When do we first see a remnant church in the Bible? Why does God always have a remnant church after a period of time? 
what led to the rise of God's current remnant church and how long will God present sorry and how long will God's present day remnant church be in existence so Adili Carlo before we start our discussion this evening let's have a word of prayer together our father in heaven we again thank you for the opportunity we have to come together to take up this very important topic I pray you'll help John and I to um, understand the beauty and the simplicity of the word of the Lord regarding the things that you have for us. And yes, pray that you would please bless John and and help him and the work that you have blessed him with and be also with me, dear God, as we now look at this subject. So keep us and dear God, once again, may the angels of the Lord watch over us, and may your Holy Spirit abide. We pray this in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Elder DiCarlo, what is Remnant Church? Well, you know, it's a very um, interesting question because I've looked the, and I, through this subject on multiple occasions but, you know, when you go back over something again, it seems as though that these little nuggets, little jewels keep you know, reappearing yes. um, and, and, and it really kind of help you. So, first of all, let's let's go as we look at this. Let's look um, at one of the most popular, if not the most popular text regarding the nature of the remnant. Well, let's look here. Revelation, the book of Revelation, chapter yes. 12. And let's look here. at Verse 17. Revelation chapter 12, 17. And by the way, and I'm sure we'll get into this a little bit later on because the 12th chapter is a very significant uh, chapter regarding the nature of the history yes. of God's people. And so this gives us a historical context, um, uh, not just the, the church, but also regarding the remnant. But let's look here now, verse 17 says, The dragon was wroth with the woman and went to make war with the remnant of her seed. So there again, here we have that word remnant. Yes. And uh, it's very interesting, the remnant of her seed, of course, yes. woman representing the church in Bible prophecy. And so we clearly have an indication here regarding the nature of the remnant in relation to God's church or his people. And we know that it is a segment of uh, of the church in this particular case when you're looking at the word remnant um the remnant means it's the same as the beginning and throughout yes. it just happens to be the last part the end piece yes. so there's really fundamentally no change um meaning regarding the the truth uh, because the beginning of the church of Jesus Christ had the truth in the middle of the history of God's church. It had the truth. And when you look at the remnant, the last piece of the puzzle, as we say, that has the same truth. So the truth doesn't vary. Ephesians 4, 5, remember, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. There's only one truth. and um, But it just happens to be the end part at the at the last end now look at some of the characteristics again this is some identifying marks some very important uh, issues involved here it says which keep the commandments of god 
and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. So yes. two critical, critical characteristics. So here we find already immediately that what is a remnant, a remnant is, is something that's that's left over. It's something that's at the end. Uh, but again, it's not different. Um, it's the same as it was in the beginning. Now, there are many other verses. And for example, if you go to Job, this yes. is a very interesting passage in the book of Job. And Job chapter 22. Um, let me see if I can get us there. In Job chapter 22, making sure I get the right passage for y'all. And look at verse 20. Uh, 22.20. Um, it says, whereas our substance is not cut down, but the remnant of them the fire consumes. In other words, the word remnant here is very interesting. Yeah. He says, the bulk of that was not cut down, but the remnant, meaning it's in comparison to what was before, the small part, that remnant was cast, it was consumed in, in fire. Meaning that the word remnant not only means the end, you know, the last part, and it's the same as the beginning and throughout, but it's also small in comparison. Yes. In other words, the remnant is not, a, is not the majority. So if you're looking for, for, the, for popularity, in other words, when you're looking at God's church, this is a critical thing that people, when studying this issue of God's true church and the remnant people of God at the end of time, you have to remember that, the, that it's going to be small in comparison to the rest of the churches. Why? Why is that the case, John? Because you see, John, God's remnant church yes. are those who love truth. Yes. And the... The vast majority of the world, of course, does not love the truth. So if you're expecting a popular church, a popular movement, a, uh, a, a movement where the, the masses assemble together, well, you're, you're going to be looking in the wrong direction for the truth yes. because the remnant church is small in comparison. And then, of course, there's, uh, there's Isaiah. Go over to Isaiah. It's another fascinating yes. right. passage. Isaiah chapter 37. Now, if you look at Isaiah 37, and we're looking now here, uh, Isaiah 37 and verse 4, 37, 4. Um, let's see, make sure I get the right passage here. It, may, it says, it may be that the Lord thy God will hear the words of Reb, make sure I get that right, Reb Shika. Whom the king of Assyria, his master, has sent and to reproach the living God, will remove the words which the Lord thy God hath heard. Therefore, wherefore, lift up thy prayer for the remnant that is left, or what's left over. Yes, right. So the remnant here now is, is not just small, and it's not just the you know the this the the, the end piece, but it's what's left over in, in terms of what's what's remaining. Yes. The implication, of course, here now is very interesting. That what you have is what's left over regarding the nature of 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 what has occurred at that point in time. For yes. example, when you look at Revelation twelve seventeen, which we just talked about, says so where Satan is angry at the church. He's angry at the woman. 
He goes to make war with the remnant of her seed. This war is, is, is going to have casualties. And yes. uh, sadly to say, you're going to find some that are going to fall by the wayside. They're going to abandon Jesus Christ, the truth. Others are going to are going to be uh, pressed into the service of God, whereby they'll find themselves under great persecution. Perhaps uh, they might be even martyred, and that is, of course, has happened on many occasions. Sadly to say, and so what you have in regard to the remnant is that which is left, that which is left over. In other words, a process whereby there's there is a purge yes and so god and so what happens is who's still left who's remaining who's still around faithful to god well i'll tell you who it is it's the remnant yes so this is a very fascinating concept there in isaiah then of course you go over to ezekiel chapter 6 and look here in ezekiel chapter 6 and this again uh, ezekiel chapter 6 kind of confirms the whole concept here once again uh, it says this, yet will I leave a remnant that ye yes. may have some that shall escape the sword among the nations when ye shall be scattered through the countries. In other words, here again is that same concept is found in Isaiah where it's what's left over, what's left. Yes. And, and so God scatters, you know, there's a there's great persecution there's great a purge as it were a cleansing yes. process and and uh, then then and then what's left over what's yes. left over those who remain faithful and true they constitute the remnant so the bible has very interesting concepts and matter of fact and just for our readers sake if, and there's other verses i could read you isaiah chapter 10 20 to 23 and Paul in Romans chapter 9, 27 to 20, 29, he actually quotes Isaiah 10, where God talks about, you know, if, if they had not been left us a remnant, we would have been a Sodom and Gomorrah. Yes. So, so a remnant, a remnant churches is someone holding on, preserving purity, truth, righteousness. Yes. They're the ones left over. They're not in the majority. They're in the minority. And in the case of terms of the remnant uh, in, 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 the, in, the, in the way God uses it, it's what's left over, that last piece, faithful and true to God through it all. Yes. Yes, so thanks for sharing um, your thoughts and your um, study upon the remnant church. And I just would like to just fit in here um, something that we discussed earlier. This is in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 23, verses 2 to 4. It says that, Therefore, thus saith the Lord God of Israel against the pastors that feed my people. So now this is the message to the pastors. You have scattered my flock and driven them away and have not visited them. Behold, I will visit upon you the evil of your doings, saith the Lord. And I will gather the remnant of my flock out of all countries, notice whether I have driven them, and will bring them again to their folds, and they shall be fruitful and increase. And I will set up shepherds over them, we shall feed them, and they shall fear no more, nor be dismayed, neither shall they be lacking, saith the Lord. And so as Elder Di Carlo said, the Bible gives us identifying marks for God's remnant church. 
As we study the Bible, we can read that God's remnant church is made up of those church members who he has scattered and driven away to different countries. And as this scripture text says here, in order to escape from the doings of evil pastors or leaders. His remnant yes. church is made up of people who are fed by shepherds of his appointment. And that's why I like that text because, you know, if, if God has set up leaders of his appointment, then it has to be his church. And so the remnant church, that's another identified mark. He, you know, that there are leaders of his appointment in there. And there are people mm. who do not fear anymore, nor are dismayed, nor they're lacking. So again, as Elder DiCardo was saying, the Bible gives us many different identified marks um, for a remnant church. And so we see a principle here that in order to protect his people from unfaithful leaders in the church, God has to send his few remaining faithful people away to places where he can set up faithful pastors to feed them. And so mm. that's, these were thoughts and, that I had um, gleaned from the word of God. And I just thought to share Well, John, yes. let me just say, because what you're adding here is very uh, interesting because in the light of the, you know, if you look at the 23rd chapter yes. of Jeremiah, and, and you know, Jeremiah was plagued with false prophets. Hananiah, yes. for example, is the is the classic case. And uh, and uh, apostasy and so much went on, unfortunately, in his day uh, that the poor man was really up against, um, um, you know, a, a tsunami of, yes. of corruption. I mean, in every direction. Um, but he was faithful and true. In this particular case, the, the, what you're referring to when you, you quoted the, the 23rd uh, chapter at least portion of the of this chapter you know here you you brought out some really valuable things it, you know it's it you know because a remnant really shines yes it really really shines when the when the hour is the darkest yes. in other words the remnant if you look historically throughout scripture when does a remnant appear when does it appear? Yes, good point. A remnant, and I, a remnant does not appear when when all is well. In other words, when there's prosperity and and so forth. In other words, it, it, it there is uh, there's um, it doesn't appear. Let's put it this way: it, the remnant doesn't give a a clear clear indication um, of its characteristics and attributes regarding its true mission and purpose until the hour is dark. Yes. Not that the church has been unfaithful per se, but rather, as you have clearly indicated here in the 23rd chapter, what we have here, of course, is unfaithful leaders. Yes. And they have led the church into apostasy and corruption. And the pastors are unfaithful, unwilling to tell the truth, unwilling to stand up and declare the unadulterated message yes. of, of God to, to, to the people. And so in this midst of darkness and apostasy, now the, 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 the God calls forth that remnant, that what's left over, what's been purged in process, through the process of cleansing to shine forth. And at that moment in time, as you've clearly indicated, you know, God will set up his appointed men yes. to lead his people through this hour of darkness and um and i'll tell you something it's a fascinating study i encourage our listeners go yes. back 
and uh, and really meditate throughout the scripture on the concept of the remnant. And you're going to be amazed how many times God mentions this um, yes. through, you know, to, to, to help us understand what awaits us in the last days. Amen. Well, Elder Decano, when do we first see a remnant church in the Bible? Mm, well, you know, look, we're going to actually dovetail to what you just indicated here in Jeremiah 23. Let's let's go over to Genesis yes. and let's look at the Genesis account. And we're going to really start here. Let me uh, get this Genesis chapter 6. I want to go over to Genesis. So we're not far removed, um, really, from the beginning of the biblical account of creation. But nonetheless, uh, you look at the first five chapters, of course, as I mentioned, you, you have creation, and then, and then of yes. course, the account of Adam and Eve, and then uh, the Cain and Abel, and then Seth, and then the generations that follow um, are indicated. And of course, then you come to chapter 6. And 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 uh, by the way, the end of chapter five introduces Noah, and then here comes the sixth chapter, and so now you have the sixth chapter, and God now is is very displeased with what has been going on in the world, um, where He says, for example, um, uh, verse three says, "My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh." In other words, he also is is is, is um, earthly and worldly and, yes. and has become corrupt. Yet his days shall be 120 years. In other words, probation now has a uh, – the clock is ticking, as we say. It's now uh, about to count down 120 years. God says, that's enough. I've had enough of this. And he goes on in verse 5. He says, God saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts – of the heart was only evil continually. There wasn't even any good thoughts in the mind, not even mm -hmm. a pleasant, kind thought. They, they had become so morally bank, you know, corrupt and bankrupted over this. And God said, that's it. That's enough. At that, at that point, now notice the hour is dark now. Yes. Apostasy is great, dovetailing to what you talked about in Jeremiah 23. So you have corruption, apostasy, you have Im immorality, you have uh, – by the way, just to let our listeners understand this, this isn't just a religious apostasy. This is social, political it's it's economic. It's 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 in every form and fashion within society. Yes. Mankind has become corrupt in every way. And then it says this in verse eight. So here we have the 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 concept of utter darkness and corruption existing. Now remember, what is a remnant? A remnant is something that's not just left over. It's also what something is small in comparison, and it's something that God will, through the process of purging, uh, find uh, what's what's left regarding you know His people. And what does He say here? But but Noah found grace in the eyes of God. The implication Amen. here is very clear that we have a remnant now, yes. uh, and we have it in the man in this particular case in the man called Noah. Now, by the way, just for our listeners, I want to make it very clear. That doesn't mean Noah was the only righteous person on the earth. 
but God has uh, chosen uh, Noah for a divine purpose. Uh, and again, we go back dovetailing to Jeremiah 23, where he says, I will appoint my pastors. I'm going to appoint them. And in this particular case, God appoints Noah yes. um, uh, to do a special work at this point in time. And so, again, I'm not suggesting, and nor is the Bible uh, indicating, that Noah was the only righteous person. For example, we know Methuselah. We we know that um you know, he and others, there were people that were, were godly who loved the Lord. Yes. Uh, but be that as it may, in this particular case, Noah is 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 named specifically because obviously he had a very um, uh, close walk with the Lord, a very, very um, um, faithful man that God could rely upon. And so here we have now the introduction of a remnant. Yes. And headed up by Noah. So yes. in Genesis 6, we see an introduction. And really, I mean, let me just even go back. I mean, when you look at the the the, um, the story of Cain and Abel, and when Cain killed Abel. Yes. And Abel, of course, was the righteous son who loved the Lord and, and followed him in every way. And, of course, Cain, like Satan, was jealous, became envious. And in, and in the act of, of, of his um, corruption and unwillingness to surrender to the sovereignty of God's will, killed his brother. Yes. Now, what did God do? Well, he wasn't going to be left without a witness. Remember, a, a remnant is God's last uh, surviving uh, witness, those who stand faithful. Those in the in the hour of darkness. And so what did God do? He raised up Seth. Yes. In other words, here now comes Seth. And through Seth, of course, would come a righteous people. So Seth in one, in one aspect is a remnant in that regard. So you can you can look through, through look at this throughout scripture, but Noah is, a, is another way. For example, go to Genesis. Let's keep we're right here in Genesis. Let's look at Genesis chapter uh, eleven and twelve. So now we have the, uh, the 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 flood has already happened, right? It's already taken place, and 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 now it, the the mankind Genesis chapter ten, of course, talks about the generations that would follow after the flood, the sons, descendants of Shem, Ham, and Japheth, and uh, but then you come to chapter eleven, and what do we have? The story of the Tower of Babel. Yes. Now this is the story of again. What do we have? Uh, uh, the world, the whole world is involved, except except for a faithful few. Now, what we have here in this particular case, again, just like the antediluvian world in the days of Noah, so shortly thereafter, we would find another rebellion, another hour of darkness. Yes. And in the midst of this darkness, this corruption, this apostasy, uh, what does God do? Well, what happens, obviously, he puts down, he puts down this corruption at the Tower of Babel. And then we come to chapter 12, and what do we have? The calling of who? Abraham. Yes. And so, again, a remnant is called forth. Yes. So, really, in the book of Genesis, you can find the origin of the remnant. Right. Yeah, thanks, Elder Ricardo, for making that plain for us this evening. And we've already started to touch on this, but now we can look at this a little further. Why does God always have a remnant church? 
after a period mm. of time. Mm. Well, let's look now. Let's go over here to Isaiah. And, uh, and here through the prophet Isaiah, once again, uh, we find a clear, clear answer. Isaiah 1, and then we look now at verse 9. Yes. And this is what I was referring to a little bit earlier. In Isaiah chapter 1, um, uh, let's look here at verse 9. It says this, Except the Lord of hosts had left us a very small remnant, we should have been as Sodom, and, and we would have been like unto Gomorrah. Yes. So when you look at this, we find, um, you know, why? Why does God, as you said, you always have a remnant church? You know, why after a period of time? Because it is essential for the preservation of righteousness and truth to exist in society. Without this, as Jesus said, by the way, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. If the salt has lost its preserving power, then what good is it, Jesus said? Or if the candle is hidden, the light is put away, hid under a bushel. What's the, what's the point then? You no longer uh, illuminate the truth in the hour of darkness. Yes. And so the, the, the remnant church has a function, a purpose, and that is for the preservation of truth and righteousness, to call people out of the darkness into the light in order that they too might experience the redeeming grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, that they might come to an understanding of what it really means to be a child of God. And so in the hour of darkness, this, this, this moment throughout history, we see, as I say, in Genesis, and it carries all the way through the Bible, even in our day. Look, as yes. we just read in Revelation 12, 17, and we're going to look very shortly, I'm sure, at this wonderful, wonderful prophecy in the 12th chapter, how that it is so critical, so critical to understand uh, the, the, the chronological sequence of events that open up to the, the door to the remnant church at the end of time, because the hour is dark. The moment is, 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 is short. We must, what we must do, we must do quickly. And, and we, and, and so God now needs a faithful people who are going to be, uh, true to him, loyal in every way due to, to spread forth the gospel message so that in this hour of need, the, that the, the people of the world will know there is truth, there is certainty, there is a clarity no, and no unmistaken way in which they can sit there and say, we don't understand. No, you can understand. The truth yes. is clear. The light is, 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 is shining. And so there's a reason why God calls a remnant, a remnant, just like he called Abraham, just like he called Noah, just like he called Seth, just like he called Jacob and Isaac and so many others. We could list Daniel. Think about Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah yes. in the hour of darkness of Babylonian captivity. Did not these boys shine forth? Did they not stand forth in the midst of the darkness and represent the glory of God? And they were a few. Remember in, in, in the, in the uh, Genesis, or excuse me, I'm sorry, in Daniel chapter 3, the tower, uh, the, uh, the great image, golden image being set up in the great iron, uh, fiery furnace that was instituted. Remember, it says every knee bowed. Yes. You know, all all bowed the knee to, to this golden image, except Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, which implies clearly that uh, there were people of who, who, who were Jews who were there on that day, uh, and they all bowed, except 
Who didn't surrender was a remnant. By the way, just as a little footnote on this for our listeners, Daniel was not there on that day. Uh, He was off on a missionary journey in behalf of the king for the kingdom, so he wasn't there represented. However, I can say this without uh, in any way impugning uh, the integrity of the word of the Lord, I can guarantee had Daniel been there with Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, he he too would have stood faithful yeah. and true. Um, as by the way, which is proven in Daniel chapter 6, thrown into the lion's den. So it clearly indicates uh, Daniel would not have bowed the knee. So yes. look, the remnant is essential. As we find here in Isaiah 1, 9, if, if, if God doesn't have a remnant on this earth, if God doesn't have a means by which to preserve his truth, his righteousness, then as the scripture says, we would have become as Sodom and Gomorrah. Yes. And by the way, just to let people know and understand, we yes. are – and I want to tell you, imagine how corrupt and evil this world would be. If there had been no no preserving power left on this earth, in other words, if God would remove the remnant from this world, yes, this world would be in total utter darkness. Yes, sorry, so I there did. is a divine purpose. Yes, sorry, could you reiterate that point, please? Because um, the line dropped out for for just a well, few seconds. What yes, sorry. Is, well, what I'm saying is basically is that when you look at what's happening today, if God did not have a remnant. This world would be in far greater danger than it is now. And we are living in corrupt times, evil times. When you compare what we're doing today um, and you look at it from a biblical standpoint, and then even if you wanted to look at it from a secular, you know, know, in terms of historical uh, times of the rise and fall of the nations, there's no doubt we are in, in in the midst of utter evil. Now, uh, um, uh, if if God has called forth a remnant to preserve his truth, and that is one of the most vital things that the remnant can do, is stand forth as a beacon of light in the midst of darkness. Amen. Amen to that. And um, just like to fit in here as well, listeners, in that as I was looking at... um, why does God always have a remnant church after a period of time? Just to um, to complement what Elder Ricardo has said, I was led to Proverbs chapter 1 and verses 24 to 33. And the Bible says here, Because I have called and ye refused, I have stretched out my hand and no man regarded. But you have set at naught all my counsel and would none of my reproof. I will also... I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your fear cometh. When your fear cometh as a desolation, and your destruction cometh as a whirlwind, when distress and anguish come upon you, then shall they call upon me, but I will not answer. They shall seek me early, but they shall not find me. For that they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord, they would none of my counsel. They despised all my reproof. Therefore they shall eat of the fruit of their own way and be filled with their own devices. For the turning away of the simple shall slay them and the prosperity of fools shall destroy them. But now the Bible says, But whoso hearkeneth unto me shall dwell safely and shall be quiet from fear of evil. 
And so you see, I from from this text you see this is another reason as to why there's um, always a remnant because men sadly choose their own way rather than the way of the Lord. And as mm-hmm. Elder Ricardo has shared, that there's a sifting out process. You know, the Lord is finally left because of the choices that people make with only a few faithful people after a period of time. And um, yeah. I just thought to share, um, because some people, you know, Elder Ricardo, they always say, well, you know, God's not fair because uh, why does he allow the men to, you know, all of this to happen on this earth? Why does he always allow this suffering to happen? Our listeners, we've got to understand that it's the choices that people make that cause the problems upon this earth. It's not the God of love. It's the choices that people make. But thankfully, as Elder Ricardo has said, the Lord always has a faithful few who are needed on this earth to be good and light shining upon this earth so that there can be a um, a resistance against the evil that's seeking to take yep. over this earth. So that's what I'd just Amen. like to add to that. Now, um, so what led to the rise now of the Decado of God's current remnant church? Well, you know, again, this is, is just really kind of rolling in and continuing on what you've just stated here out of Proverbs. I mean, you know, John, when you look at this, uh, you know, there is such profound uh, insights. When you look yes. at what you've just quoted from out, out of Proverbs, and then, of course, let's go back now. Into the book of Revelation. Let's go to Revelation 12. Because in this particular case, what you have here, as I said a little bit before, you know, this is the history of God's people. Yes. And uh, and you have a a a a um a breakdown. If we were to take the twelfth chapter and let's let's kind of break it up into sections, yes, you right. would it would be as the following. For example, verses one to six. That's one section, and that covers the time of the inception of the Church of Jesus Christ, um, from you know the, the uh, really for the birth of the, of the Holy Messiah, yes, and and the birth of the Church of this again describing the Christian era, yes. um, and in that regard also too by the way when you look at the end here verse six it talks about how the how the woman fled into the wilderness where she had the place prepared of God that she should be fed there for yes. 1,203 score days. So it ends now with the 1,260-year time prophecy, when for our listeners to, uh, to remember that that time period began in 538, ended in 1798. Yes. And, uh, and this is the great era of what is known as the Dark Ages or the or papal supremacy. Um, and so this period here, yet this covers you from that, that time, from the, uh, the birth of Christ all the way to 1798. Now, this is the great conflict between good and evil. And you see how that, that God had to have a place of a wilderness for the church, yes. a place where she could escape, a remnant, as, as it were, because of the great persecution, the hour of darkness. And because the, uh, the remnant church is not a popular church. The remnant people are not not in favor with the governments of the world. They never have been. They never will be. Uh, because, number one, the most important thing, and, and our listeners need to understand this, when when the Bible speaks of the truth, it's not just a, a revelation of an understanding of a particular issue. It's what that truth does to the individual. It's yeah. a transformation of the character and the life of that individual. In other words, when a person embraces the truth, 
they are transformed into the image of that truth. And the mm-hmm. truth, of course, is Jesus Christ. And so what offends the, the powers of darkness more than anything is when a, a, a person that's held captive in the hour of darkness escapes from that darkness and becomes a child of light. Yes. And this enrages Satan. Why? Because they're leaving his fold. And the remnant, the remnant church is the only means by which uh, th- these people can find the light. Yes. And so God has, has, has a group he's preserved. And so he saves the woman to flee into the wilderness. And then you, the second section is seven to nine. And this, of course, details how it all began. This conflict between good and evil did not begin in this earth. It began in heaven. And so what do we have? We have a conflict that began in heaven. Satan and his angels rebelled against God and tried to overthrow the government of God, the very basis of God's government, of course, being his law. The law, according to Genesis 20, uh, uh, 30, uh, excuse me, Exodus 33 and 34, clearly indicates that the law of God is a transcript of his character, revelation of his will. And so really what was Satan trying to do? He was trying to bring about a coup d'etat, overthrow the character and government of God, and thus establish his own kingdom. Uh, Of course, he was thrown out of heaven. And this is where you have a transition from 9 to 10. And then this third section is 10 all the way there through 13. And so what do we have? Now we have an announcement from heaven. And the announcement, um, actually, you can go to 12, um, uh, 10 to 12. You have an announcement from heaven where he, he declares, woe to be the inhabitants to the inhabitants of the earth. Yes. He, he, so there's, a, there's a, uh, a warning God has given to the people of the world. Be careful. Satan has been uh, um, brought down to this earth. He's confined in this regard uh, in, in terms of the conflict. He no longer can go and harass the other inhabited worlds. He's been cut off from all yes. a- uh, those avenues. Um, and now God is saying, be careful now because you've got to understand who you're up against. Uh, a mighty foe, a, a, a vicious, vigilant foe. Yes. And, uh, and so this is what you have here, verses 10 through 12. And then verses 13 through 17, here's the last final transition. You have again the remnant coming back, uh, fleeing into, once again, we're picking up back what the wilderness experience because the dragon is persecuting the woman in verse 13. Then she again is given two wings of an eagle. So this is a dovetailing into verse six. And then, and, and it describes how the earth helped the woman. And then what rises out of this darkness, this hour of, of, of apostasy and corruption, this historical moment in time, we have the remnant church. So if you look at this, Throughout history, if you were to take this chapter and and then try to fill it fill in the pages, as we say, um, with historical accounts. For example, if you look at the early church, if you take, for example, like say verses one through six, what do we have? We have the early church. So let's look through history and see if we can't find examples of remnants, 
remnants standing faithful to, to God yes. to the very end of time. You know, into the end. For example, we think of the early apostles. They they gave their lives. They all sacrificed, and John was the last one remaining. Uh, and, and of course, he was exiled on the Isle of Patmos. But uh, John John was that that for that moment in time a little remnant of that apostolic church. He was yes. the last one remaining. And then you look and, and you carry on and you see the first century, second century, third century. You you find people being persecuted, hounded down through the the brutal persecution of the pagan Roman Empire, and 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 the and the viciousness with which they had to withstand uh, this this hour of of, of brutality. Yes. Uh, but there were remnants. There were people who were faithful and true. They fled wherever they could. Many people, for example, in the Rome fled into the catacombs just so the church went underground um, for a period of time. And then, of course, from there, they fled into the mountains of northern Italy and uh, and thus developed through the apostolic church that began there in, 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 the, in Jerusalem, uh, a group of people who were faithful, known as the Waldensians. And these people, by the way, are at, I want to just make our listeners understand something. The Waldensians did not begin in the 12th century. Nope. That's a myth. That is a complete myth. The Waldensians, historically, can you can trace their origin all the way back to the apostles. Amen. They're an apostolic group. No question about it. There's scores of books that can prove this, and biblically we can prove it. And so you have from that you have the people fleeing into the what is now known as the uh, uh, the Italian Alps, yes. um, and uh, and they uh, they they are the Waldensians, and from them they 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 took the gospel into uh, uh, places like, for example. Um, um, uh, well, it's now it's no longer called Czechoslovakia, but I mean, you know, you have you have um, um, the the, the uh, Czech Republic and other places throughout um, uh, Europe where they began to spread that message. And by yes. the way, it's very interesting because as you look down through time, then you come, for example, other groups rising up, the Albigensians and the Huguenots, uh, and and you look at the Hussites. And and then and so all of these groups started to develop, and really they owe their 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 beginnings from the evangelists, uh, from the Waldensians. Yes. Um, and so you have a continuation, a remnant people, faithful and true. And then the writings of John uh, Huss, for example, this faithful, godly man, stood bold and true in defense of of, of righteousness. And uh, people like John Wycliffe, you know, think about this man, yes. this great pillar of Christianity, the son of the morning, you know, the, the morning star of the Reformation. This great man who was bold, bold and true in his hour. And uh, and what did he do? Well, he translated the Bible yes. into the English language. He then instructed his followers, known as the Lollards, to go forth and preach the gospel. And they did. They did, and they lit a fire throughout England. And so you see this progression throughout history of a development, a rise of a remnant people, faithful and true in the hour of darkness. Oh, for, listen, we could go on and on yes, how sure. all of this happened. And, for, and look, this is just the first six verses. But by the time you get down to the end, 
there's a remnant church, which means these people at the end of time are the same people that we just discussed in the times of the apostolic church, the time of, of the of the Waldensians, and the time of, of the Hussites and the brethren and the and the Picards and the Paulians and the and the Albigenses and the and the and the Lollards and the great English reformers, etc. etc. We can go through the list of all these great individuals and groups. So the remnant church isn't different. It's only the last segment. And another interesting characteristic, which we didn't bring up in the light of the remnant, but it pertains now to the subject we are, are at. The, in this particular case, if you'll notice in chapter 12, after the remnant, there isn't another church. Yep. In meaning, not only in Revelation 12 is the remnant the same as the beginning, and not only is it that which remains, and not only is it the in the minority, but in this particular case, the remnant in the context in which it's given in chapter 12 is that this is it. There isn't another group to come after this. This actually is the end. And I'm going to tell our listeners, we are living in verse 17. Yes. And uh, and and we, uh, I really believe with all my heart that God is preparing a people from all over the world, from every walk of life. We're, we're, I don't care what religion they are in right now. I really believe this with all my heart, John. Throughout yes. the world, regardless of what, whether they even have a, a religious profession, I believe there are people that God knows because He can read the heart of man. That He is preparing for this last day in order to get them to uh, to surrender all and be a part of this remnant church. And what's going to happen, I think there's going to be a great awakening. There's yes. going to be a great transformation in society. And you're going to see a remnant church rise up in all its glory and proclaim the unadulterated truth to a dying world and usher in the second coming of the glorious return of our Lord and Savior. Yes, amen. Well, Elder Ricardo, let's, we'll have a break here. And then we'll um, come back with some closing thoughts. Measure 
think the oceans fill and were the skies of parchment made were every stalk on earth a quill and every man a scribe by trade to write the love of God above would drain the ocean dry nor could the scroll contain the whole though stretched from sky to Church. Listeners, in the first part of this series, we've been discussing this history with Elder Rady Cardinal. So, Elder Rady Cardinal, um, can you have some closing thoughts with us about this subject today, please? Well, we've been looking at the concept of the remnant, how it relates uh, to uh, these times in which we live in relation to historical settings. And I think it's very interesting when you really kind of take this subject in that context, we clearly know that the remnant is a vital entity that God has established historically throughout the history of mankind. In the darkest hour, God calls forth a remnant to shine. And in the hour in which we live in these final days of earth's history, when we look at the historical context in the light of that, we see that God is preparing the people to partake of that remnant. And so I want to encourage our, our listeners to stay tuned to the following um, broadcast because we're going to continue on with this subject and understand the discovery of who that remnant really is. And so we're looking at the remnant in that light. And so let's remember that God has a remnant. He's always had a remnant. Are people who are faithful and true to him. Amen. Elder DeCarlo, shall we have a word of prayer to close the discussion this evening? Mm. Our Father in heaven, once again, we thank you for the opportunity we have to come together to study. And I thank you so much for this subject, for the clarity and certainty of the word of the Lord regarding these things. I pray that you'll help us each one to remember that we serve a loving God, a compassionate God, and we have a Savior that's our friend and our brother. I pray that you'll, through Christ our Lord, forgive us of our sins and help each one of us to remember, dear Lord, 
that through though this hour of darkness that we are going through, when we see so many things that are taking place in this world that are just utterly um, just a, just a shame, a disgrace, help us to remember that our God still sits upon the throne of this world and the universe, that you are the one who rules in this and in the affairs of men. So comfort us now, Lord, and bless us, we pray in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Amen. Elder Di Carlo, thank you for joining us on Voice in the Wilderness Internet Radio. Listeners, if you have any questions or if you would like more information, please send an email to inquiries at wildernesspublications.org. You can send a text message to 07944062786. If you live in the United Kingdom, please contact us with your name and address, and we will send you a free tract called The Two Families. If you have the Android app for Voice in the Wilderness Internet Radio, go to the ebook section, then find the title Bible Readings for the Home. At chapter 118, you will find the subject, The Two Families. This will give you more information about today's topic. You can also listen to and download our radio show podcasts at https colon forward slash forward slash voice dash in dash that's I N for November. That's Z T H E dash wilderness dot podcast page dot I O forward slash. If you would like to support Voice in the Wilderness Internet Radio, then please send your donations through our website at vitwradio.org. Click on the page called About Us. You can donate to us there. On next week's show, we will continue to discuss the subject, the Remnant Church. Well, that's it for tonight's show. Good night, and God bless listeners. Voice in the Wilderness, Internet Radio. Enlightening the world every week. It's not just knowing about the doctrine in the Bible. That is not what we stand for here. Streaming powerful, biblically-based messages live down the This congregation may never be gathered together again as we see it. Voice in the Wilderness, Internet Radio. Enlightening the world every week.